Hey everybody, God bless you guys. Welcome to Swerve Church. So glad that we can spend some time together to fellowship, to worship together, to sit under the teaching of God's Word. I don't take it lightly that every week you separate this time uh, so that we can worship corporately, uh, even if it's online by these means. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, I love and miss each and every single one of you guys. Now I wanted to start off by asking you guys this question. What if, what if one possible outcome or one possible byproduct of, uh, of this pandemic that we've all been experiencing is a lack of self-confidence. What if this kind of a natural result of everything that's been going on in the world and having to deal with, you know, the coronavirus and, uh, and lockdown and, you know, restaurant closings and, and everything the way it is right now. What if a possible outcome or result of that is a lack of self-confidence? Because I don't know about you, but in so many ways, uh, the past few months have been a real blow to the ego, right? Have you felt the same way? You know, also also in, uh, in different multiple ways. For example, maybe uh, physically uh, during the past few months, maybe you're not feeling quite like yourself. Maybe being stuck at home has caused you to, uh, to eat a little bit too much and pack on the pounds. And there hasn't been very much activity. I know that's something that we felt here at, at the Taurus family, which is why we've tried to uh, create regular rhythms of walking now to take the kids out for some uh, activity. And so maybe physically that, that's been kind of the case uh, and you're lacking self-confidence physically. Certainly spiritually, I'm sure all of us has felt that in some way, shape or form as there's been a lack of community, a lack of fellowship, a lack of of being able to come together to worship and sit under the teaching of God's word together. And maybe that's produced in you some sort of maybe laziness, spiritual laziness or apathy. And you've probably felt, you know, this lack of self-confidence spiritually, certainly emotional as our, our emotions have been all over the place between fear to anxiety to stress because of everything that's going on. The anxiety is over the roof. Stress is through the roof. And so maybe emotionally you've lacked self-confidence. You know, what if a possible outcome or byproduct of everything that's going on, uh, everything that's gone on in the past few months is a lack of self-confidence? You know, day by day, we have our confidence is being attacked by the negative news that we hear every night. I turn on YouTube because we don't have cable here. Turn on YouTube to catch up on the news of what happened. And they just constant bad news after bad news, increase in violence, you know, people getting murdered. And all the bad stuff that's going on, the bad relationships between the community and the police, uh, this sense of normalcy that's been stripped away. What what you know normal to be is no longer. And so maybe that that normalcy being stripped away uh, that also attacks our confidence. The loss of jobs that so many of us have experienced as well. Many people laid off. Many people falling for unemployment because of the pandemic. And of course, that leads to the tanking economy and how difficult that's been. And all these different facets have been attacking our confidence. You know, lack of confidence can really do something to you. It can really hurt you negatively. It can really impact you. And I'm convinced that because of everything that's going on and because of that, that, that attack on our confidence, so many of us are missing out on the calling on the calling that God's placed on our lives because of the lack of confidence. You know, you know there's just as good as me. Those insecurities that we battle with oftentimes keep us from accomplishing all that God's called us to do. Many times that, that insecurity has kept us from following the dreams that God's placed on our hearts and in our lives. You know, maybe uh, those insecurities that lack 
of self-confidence, that attack on our confidence keeps us from going to that interview that we have because we feel like, man, you know, why, why would they pick me? They have a bunch of other candidates to look at. Why, would, why should I even go to that interview? Our confidence is under attack. Or going back to school, you decide, man, I'm not going to go uh, back to school because, you know, I'm, I'm just you know, stuck at home. I don't really have anything to offer. It's been so long since I've been back at school. So why am I going to go ahead and, and do that? Or maybe even that attack on the self-confidence has kept you from attending, you know, church events, the ones that we do have, like our outreaches that we've been doing every other Saturday or our little face-to-face meetups that we do at the park. That attack on the self-confidence keeps you from even attending that there and going to that. You know, I'll tell you guys, I'll be completely honest. I've had to deal with a lot of insecurity and a lack of self-confidence, specifically when it comes to planting the church. And early on in the days of planting the church, I had to deal with it in varying uh, degrees in my life. I had to deal with, you know, what, what, you know, has God really called me? Did I really hear from God to start this church in my community? You know, how can that be? There's really nothing special about me. Don't, you know, don't really, I don't have any seminary degrees. I don't have any college degrees. There's nothing special about me. Maybe God made a mistake in calling me to do this. Who's going to follow my lead? Who's going to join? Who, who would God really bring to help us do this? And would there ever really be any true life change? Those are all insecurities that I've had to deal with. And those are, you know, huge blows on my self-confidence. You know, no matter where you are in your walk with Christ, and no matter where you are in your walk in life right now, This is something that we've all had to deal with, you know, on varying degrees. That lack of self-confidence, that blow to the ego. Today we're wrapping up our series called Stay Positive. And what we've been determining to do is that in the middle of these crazy times that we're living in, we're not going to allow the environment around us to dictate our attitudes. Instead, we're going to look into God's Word. We're going to study God's Word. We're going to read it. We're going to listen to what He has to say. And we're going to allow God's Word to shape our attitudes and not the environment. We're going to allow God's Word to shape us and we're going to impact our environment according to what God's Word says. And today we're talking about confidence. Now, I know what you're thinking. Some of you are probably thinking right now, Danny, are you a motivational speaker? Is that what I came to church today for? To hear a motivational speech from you? Give me the gospel, Danny, right? Give me the good news of Jesus Christ. And well, I'll say yes. Uh, uh, I'm not a motivational speaker, but I am looking to motivate you. I'm looking to motivate you to, to, to be more like Jesus, to look more like Jesus and to passionately pursue Him and, and have a, a, a red-hot relationship with God and your walk with Christ. So in one sense, I am motivationally trying to encourage you to that, to, to love Jesus more and to draw closer to Him. Uh, but on another sense, no, I, I'm not your self-help guru. I'm not your motivational guide. Uh, in fact, if you're taking notes, I would love for you to write this down. And that is that what we need more than self-confidence is God-confidence. What we need more than self-confidence is God-confidence. We need a confidence in God even more than we need confidence in ourselves. And the best way I can help you in these uncertain times and, and these deflating times that we're all experiencing is not to simply develop confidence in your own self. That's not the best way that I can help you today. By helping you kind of stroke your ego and build the confidence level up. That's not very much of a service. Ultimately, if I can get you to a place of God confidence, then no matter the circumstances, no matter the situation, no matter the hardship, if you have a confidence in God, an overwhelming confidence in God and who He is and how He is for you, then you'll be able to get on the other side of whatever situation that you are facing. So our goal is to say that perhaps... 
my self-confidence may be low. Maybe my confidence in self is pretty low, but you know what? My God confidence is through the roof. And I just trust God no matter what. I don't know about you, but I want to I wanna say like David did in Psalms chapter 57, verse 7. Would you guys read this verse with me out loud? It says this, My heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. I want to sing like David. I want to be like David. I want to have that confidence. And so for the rest of our time, I want to help encourage you with reasons why we can have God confidence. I want to give you three simple statements to reaffirm you, to reassure you why we can have God confidence. I want to build a case to grow our confidence in God according to the scriptures as we open the Bible, as we read these passages from the scripture to build a case to recognize and to acknowledge that we can have confidence, not in self, but in God. And so if you're ready, I need you to confidently write down right now in the chat, confidently write it down, I'm ready. Let me know. Let me know in the chat right now. And we're going to dive in. I can have confidence in God because number one, write this down. God is always present with me. I can have confidence in God because God is always present with me. Look at what the psalmist says in Psalms chapter 139. We're going to read verses 7 through 10. He says this, Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I fly on the wings of the dawn and settle down on the western horizon, even there your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. If you're reading this in your Bibles and you like to take notes and underline, I'd go ahead and underline the last part that we just read in verse 10. Even where your hand will lead me, your right hand will hold on to me. I want to teach you guys a theological term, and that term is omnipresence. And this is what God is. God is omnipresent. And what it means is that God is everywhere at all times. You see, God is not limited by time or space. God is everywhere at all times. He is omnipresence. Listen, you cannot put God on a shelf. You cannot wear God on your neck, though you might have a beautiful cross, you know, necklace that you wear. God cannot just simply be contained to that. He can't live on a tattoo on your arm. God is not contained to that. And we cannot confine God to some sort of religious institutional building. God does not simply reside in those things. You cannot simply put God in a box and on a shelf or on jewelry. God is not contained by those things. And the fact that God is omnipresent means that God is with you right now. God is with you right now in your hurt, in your pain, in your loneliness, in your difficult situation. God is with you. And why is this important? Because for so many of us, more than ever, we have been experiencing levels of isolation like never before. We've been finding ourselves having to deal with loneliness and anxiety and depression and these sorts of things like never before because of the current circumstances that we find ourselves in. And so this is so important now between quarantines and, and travel bans and closed restaurants and, and different restrictions in place. We've never been so stuck to our homes and stuck in a place, not to mention the fear of having to be outside and potentially being exposed to this disease and so we've never had to deal with isolation quite to this degree 
Not to mention those those third spaces, those places you used to go to meet friends and, and find new friends and to have, you know, relational dialogue. For example, the gyms have been closed forever. My personal favorite, the coffee shop. I used to go to the coffee shop, run into people you know, get work done, be around other people. You can't do that at the coffee shops. They're closed. You can't sit down and enjoy all these regular rhythms of building relationships with all these restrictions. These are places where you build. Of course, add on to that the church. The church building where, where Swerve Church, where we used to meet, we met inside of the school. And obviously, Department of Education school buildings are all off limits. And so we cannot meet together in person. And so these places where you used to meet and build relationships and have friendships, they're all gone. And that's all building into the isolation that we've all feeling. And this, is, you know, the church has been such a huge part of community and relationship building and encouragement. And that's not there currently the way we've all experienced it normally. And so perhaps you feel isolated. You know, right now, perhaps you feel alone. You're longing for relationship more than ever before. You know, even if you're introverted, I've heard this from several people, even if you're introverted, you're, you're missing it. You're missing, you know, being around other people and having the dialogue and the conversations. If you're extroverted, you have extroversion bottled up, right? You have all this extra extroversion bottled up inside of you that you need to let out. And you're like, Danny, I've done talk to all the walls in my apartment. I need to talk to a person, right? I've called everybody in my phone book. I, I just need something. I need face to face, right? To all these things. I want to let the words of David encourage you here in this psalm. Let his word encourage you and grow in your God confidence that in your lowest place, in your most isolated situation, God is present with you. God is present with you. David says here, where can I escape your presence? Where can I escape your spirit? Where can I run? Where can I flee? Where can I go that you are not there? Not if I climb the highest mountaintop. Not if I go to the deepest ocean. You are there, God. You are present. And I want to encourage you with this, that God is present with you in your situation. And He is saying, I love you. He's saying, I'm with you, son. I'm with you, daughter, here in your isolation, here in your pain, here in your darkest and, and, and loneliest moments. I am with you. You are not alone. The psalmist says that God will lead you, that he will grab you by your right hand and hold on to you. It's kind of this picture that, uh, of God in your loneliness, in your right now, where you are, wherever you're watching this, in your current condition and state, that he's like a loving dad that is holding his child's hand as a, as a dad crosses the street with his child to protect them and to hold their child close. That's what God is doing to you right now. It's that beautiful picture of God holding your hand, sustaining you and helping you right now in your situation. And because God is present with you, you are not alone and you'll be able to get through and out of this season. Here's number two. You can write this down in your notes and that is God always helps me. Why can we have God confidence? Because God always helps me. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 and 6 says this, don't love money. Uh, some of you are saying, Danny, that's easy because I don't have any right now. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never, what? What does that say? I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my what? He is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Have you ever viewed God as your helper? Have you viewed him, ever viewed him that way? That he is here helping you, that he is by your side, he is a help in your time of need. 
How does he help? Well, elsewhere in the scriptures, it says that God is your refuge, that God is your strength. The Bible says that he is your strong tower. The Bible says that he is your comforter, that he is your guide. It says that he is your source of hope. God is your sustainer. God is your provider. God is a loving father. God is a protector and he is a friend. How is he with you? How does he help you by all these means? And some of you are now, maybe you're struggling emotionally. You're facing anxiety. You're facing fear. You're facing worry. You're facing stress and sadness and depression. Some of you are facing these very real pain, emotional pain and, and experiencing this right now. Well, God is present with you and he helps you. He wipes away your tears. He embraces you. He is present. He reminds you that Jesus too wept, that Jesus too experienced anxiety, that he too experienced stress, and he relates to you in your pain and in your emotional anguish. But he said he reminds you that Christ has overcome this world and he is with you and he helps you in your emotional pain. Maybe you're struggling physically. Maybe right now as you watch us, you're experiencing physical pain. You're battling with disease or sickness or, or achy joints and, and a hurt back. Then right now God is present and He reminds you that one day if you are a follower of Christ and if you've put your faith in Him, that one day there will be no more pain. That there will be no more anguish. There will be no more cancer. There will be no more AIDS. There will be no more viruses or outbreaks or, or any of this hurt. One day all that will be away and you will be with God away from all that pain and sickness and disease. And in the present time, God gives you the gift of doctors and God gives you the gift of medicine and, and science to help you ease the pain in the momentary time until one day He'll take away all those pains. He'll take away all the sicknesses and disease and cure us from all of that when we'll be with Him in eternity forever. Maybe you're struggling spiritually. I know this is true for so many people. You're struggling spiritually. You've been drawn away from God. You, you feel like you're not as close to Jesus as you once was. You know, your prayers aren't the same. Your, your scripture reading is not there. You're not doing it. You're, not, you're, you're lacking the motivation even to pick up the Bible, to pray, to read, to get together with God's people on church online or at one of our events. You've been struggling spiritually. What God says and God helps you by reminding you to repent and to return to what you once did. We spoke about this last week. And he tells you that he loves you anyway. And he is lovingly encouraging you to draw close to him. In fact, the Bible says that he promises that if you draw close to him, he will draw close to you. That's his promise. He places people around you to encourage you. He has placed a church family and friends around you that you can reach out to when you feel that way. That you can send a text or a phone call and let them know, hey, can you please pray for me? Can you please pray with me as I experience this spiritual anguish? As I, as I go through this uh, spiritual lack, would you please pray for me? Would you please help me? Would you please embrace me? Would you call me or text me? God gives you these, the gift of all these things to help you through that. So that we can say with confidence, like the psalmist said, The Lord is my helper, so I will not fear. And here's number three, the third reason that we can have God confidence. God is still working in me. God is still working in me. The reason I can have God confidence is because I know that God is continuing to do a good work in me. And that's exactly what Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says. 
I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I need you guys to read this with me with great enthusiasm, knowing that this is going to help grow your God confidence. Ready, go. I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You see, guys, we can have God confidence because we know that God is still at work in each and every single one of us. He began the work and the Bible promises and says that he will keep it to completion. He will carry it to completion. And if you're beating yourself up right now, if you're beating yourself up saying, man, I have been struggling spiritually. I've been struggling with all that. I feel like my relationship with God is lacking. You're beating yourself up. Remember this, that God is not done with you. God is not done with you. He doesn't throw you away like yesterday's newspaper. You are a work in progress and God is continuing to do a good work in you. You know, Melissa and I started uh, painting our apartment. We started painting our living room. Uh, and we, we, you know, we've been here eight years. We haven't touched the walls at all. And we decided to just pick up this project since we've been stuck at home for the most part. And so we started painting. And man, I was beating myself up because you realize all the work that takes into place. You move all the furniture, you tape everything down and you begin to paint. And then you realize, oh man, I left the patch here. All the, the paint dripped over here. There's a huge hole in the wall here that I have to try to fix. And, and you look at it and you see the mess and you beat yourself up because man, the, the paint doesn't look quite as good as you thought and, and, and the furniture and, and everything is dirty. But then you, you just keep on pressing on and, and you paint another coat and you fix the hole. And then you, you know, wipe the floor down and mop it and begin to put the furniture in place. And you see that the work begins to get completed and you start to see a bigger picture of what's, what is going on. And you beat yourself up a little less because you're able to see the work. This is what God is doing with you. You beat yourself up because the work is not done, but God is still at work in each and every single one of our lives. You're not a final project. You're not the completed project. God is continuing to work in each and every single one of our lives. God is at work in you. It's a process. It doesn't take one night. It doesn't happen overnight. Guys, it doesn't happen in one year. It happens over a lifetime. This is what we call the process of sanctification. It happens over a lifetime. As we daily walk, as we daily trust, as we worship God and we live worshipful lives unto God, it's a daily process that we continue for the rest of our lives. And God is that continual work in each and every single one of us. It's a process. And we can have God confidence because God promises to bring it to completion. And He will do it in each and every single one of us. This is why we can have God confidence. Well, this brings up a good question, and that is that when did this work begin? This work that He's going to bring into completion. When did that work begin? God's plan for your redemption was put in place from the beginning of time as soon as sin was introduced into the world. And as soon as sin was introduced, God uh, began to put this process into work, into motion, this plan to bring about the redemption of all mankind. And the climax of that work was the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because you see, in our spiritual deadness, God made a way for new life, for us to experience new life in our spiritual deadness. And He did so through Christ. You see, Jesus lived a perfect and sinless life, the life that you and I could not live. The Bible says that God tells us to be holy as He is holy. It is impossible for us to keep up with that mandate. So Jesus did it on our behalf. He lived the perfect and sinless life, making Him the perfect sacrifice for our sin. And on the cross, 
Jesus paid the penalty for our sin and he died in our place. The Bible says the wages of our sin is death. We deserve death and eternal separation and damnation. But God, in his great love for us, sent Jesus in our place and he picked up the bill on our behalf and he died in our place and they put him in a tomb. And it is in his death that we experience the forgiveness of sin, the atonement of our sin. But it is in his life on the third day he resurrected and conquered the grave that we truly experience redemption and newness of life in him through Jesus' perfect work on the cross, his life, his death, his resurrection, that we can be forgiven, that we could be made new. And you can be confident, you can be confident that God loves you because Jesus proves it to us. Because God made a way through Jesus. He did everything possible to draw you and me closer to Him in Christ Jesus. And because of this, we can be confident. Now, if you're listening to me and you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, all you need to do, the Bible says, all you need to do is put your faith in Jesus, which means I don't have the power to save myself, but Jesus does, and I trust Him to do that. I surrender my life to Him. It's giving your life to Him and allowing Jesus' good work, not your own, to be the price for the forgiveness of sin and new life. All you have to do is put your faith in Him. And I encourage you to do that today. Now listen, listen to me carefully. I know a lot of us are lacking confidence right now because of everything that's going on. But what's better than even self-confidence is for us, even in our lack of confidence, to have a great confidence in God. Because God says He's present. He's with you. He's going to help you. He will never leave you. He will never forsaken you. He will never abandon you. And God is at work in you. And He's at work in me. And He will carry it into completion. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the reminder that you are present. As so many people right now are experiencing and battling with loneliness, unlike perhaps they've ever have in their lives. God, I pray that you will remind us of how you are present and know that you are there that you are with us, even in our hardship and isolation and difficulty. God, you are our helper. And so what I pray, God, there's so many of us right now that need help. God, would you prove yourself faithful? And would you help those that are in pain physically, those that are struggling with mental anguish, uh, Lord, those that are going through spiritual anguish, uh, Lord, and hardship. Lord, would you please be a helper and be a friend, Lord, that, we may, that you may take our hand and help us and hold us and guide us, Lord. We know that you will, God. Help us in each of these areas. Lord, thank you for the work that you're doing in every single one of our lives. God, I pray you may continue to bring it into completion in us, God. And help give us patience in the process to trust you, God, that we might build confidence in you, Lord, despite our outside circumstances. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.